Hello, I'm Reagan Kramer, host of Revelations Podcast, where we are devoted to sharing the revelation of Jesus Christ and the freedom that comes from following Him through the biblical teachings and redemptive stories of our guests. Please follow us on social at the Revelations.podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can view all of our podcasts. You can always find our shows on all podcast platforms. Well, we have an incredible show for you today. So wherever you are, may God give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him as you listen. Enjoy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. All right. Welcome to Revelations Podcast. I'm so thankful that you're here today, and I am beyond pumped to introduce our guests today, Ben and Allison Calhoun. They are uh, just amazing people, a power couple for the gospel and for Jesus Christ, and have been in the music industry for a long time, 20 years. And uh, before I give you all of the information about them, I just want to welcome them. Hi, Ben and Allison. How are you? Morning. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having us. I am so happy you're here. And where are you guys right now? In our kitchen. <laughs> Dining room. <laughs> in Nashville or where Franklin. are you? Franklin. Yeah, basically. Yeah, Nashville. Yeah. Super fun. All right. Well, I'm all the way here in Minneapolis where it's freezing. So I'm glad we could get together. <laughs> I can tell you're from the north, by the way. How come? Well, you got a little bit of the youper up there. A little bit. <laughs> Like uh, almost like a boat. Let's you know? go. Oh, let's go. Let's outside. go. Oh, outside. It's almost <laughs> the same thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey there. Hey. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> hey, now you're bringing out my North Dakota. I went to school in North Dakota, but we're not we're not going to go down that road right now. But that's so funny. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> you guys are so cute. Okay. Okay, we're going to get serious now. So Ben and Allison, we had a divine appointment. Um, I don't know, a month ago now where we were invited down to Texas to visit some friends that had just moved down to the Dallas Fort Worth area. And uh, they're like, oh, we're going to go to this little party. It was around New Year's and it's going to just be, you know, a couple people. It's no big deal, but maybe dress up. And I was like, what? What, <laughs> what are we doing? There might be some music. I'm like, OK. So we show up and uh, Ben, you were like one of the first people I met when I got there. And I had no idea who you were and what you did. And you were just so kind and sweet and introduced yourself. And my husband and I are like, OK, what's up with that guy? And then. Allison, you know, we talked to you right away and we're just like, okay, what's up with her? These people are amazing. And then all of a sudden you guys get up on this little stage with two of your girls who are also really talented and start singing and telling your story about what God has done in your life and what you're doing now. And so it was amazing. And so we started talking afterwards and I'm like, okay, 
what you know what's your story we got a little bit deeper into it you had said some things during the little concert that piqued my interest about you know what god is teaching you now and some of the things that you've gone through so i really wanted you to come on the show i actually wanted you to come on the show before i asked you to and then ben's like hey i want to be on your podcast and i'm like yes (laughs) so tell us a little bit 20 years uh, in the music industry still in it 20 years on the road with citizen way which many of you may know uh their music it is awesome bulletproof is a, a song you might know or when i'm with you they're they're all great tunes but god has changed your direction so what is going on now well, thank you for asking. I was 19 when I started touring the road on the road. So actually it's been 22 years now. And I was a kid. My mom's a professional musician. My dad's a pastor. So I was always on stage. I was always singing. My mom gave me no options. She did not care if I wanted to or not. She said, you're singing at church. That's the end of the story. And so uh, that's what I did. You know, I grew up in band. I was a band nerd, choir nerd, an athlete in school. I grew up in this amazing little town in Wisconsin. That's just what you did, you know, it was before the internet, you know, and so you had to go do something instead of just being on your phone all day, you know? And so I was involved very heavily. I started the Bible study at our school, which is still going, our high school. And I was enamored with pop music. Uh, in the sense of popular commercial music. I loved orchestra. I loved band music. I just love music. And I loved God's word. And I loved early Christian music, the Keith Greens and second chapter of Acts and Randy Stonehills and Phil Keggies and Petra and uh, the John Schlitt era, you know? And so I loved that. I loved the nineties. I was a high school kid loving contemporary Christian music in the nineties. And so that's just what I wanted to do. But I grew up with the Doobie Brothers and Chicago and James Taylor and Jim Croce as well. And I had this wonderful background as an educated musician. I got my degree as a, I wanted to be a band director. So I have my music where I taught for a long time, private lessons. That's actually how I funded our first records and touring. I was just teaching private lessons, clarinet, trumpet, piano, whatever. But I wanted to share the gospel from stage, kind of like Billy Graham with a guitar. And that's just, I was always interested in that. I really enjoyed everything that went along with making records, which I've been doing since I was about nine with my mom. She used to do that too. And I made them in high school with other bands and started touring with this other band called Stained Glass. We made three records. I just fell in love with it. I loved it. I love everything about being in the studio. I've built four of them, I think. Uh, one at Judson University, which is still going. I helped start the recording arts program. I've, I've took all of the money that my grandma gave to us in our inheritance and well not all of it maybe most of it though yeah. but we use it to build the studio at, at judson university and it was amazing and i would put kids on the radio on citizen way songs that we recorded at judson they'd be using it for class but i also got them singing like if you hear um how sweet the sound i think it is yeah some of the background vocals are students at judson that were recorded oh, there. That's that was awesome. the best way to learn is just do make a record and so, but I was coming back to Nashville back and forth all the time. It was just hard on me and the family. When, after we got signed and, and we did a lot of years independently, played camps and retreats. And my thing was just get to know people. I just enjoy that too much. I don't really feel very comfortable, nor do I feel like I have the right to be on stage if I don't know the audience, at least somebody in the audience, mm. some people really. So what I liked to do was meet as many people before I had I went up on stage and try to, you know, just to get to know them, 
know their names and and then I, it made me feel more like i earned the right to be heard right sure. so that was the big thing for me and uh, I, I remember a lot of people showed me that as artists people who are kind to me heroes of mine many of whom i've worked with now and they were all just like you know it's people it's a it's always and always has been and always will be about people mm-hmm. you know music is just a gateway for that so for me that's what it was i was always very focused i had a very one track mind i didn't play soccer my senior year in college because i knew something was coming around the bend the lord really put it on my heart that summer in our tour and that first day of school is when i my seniors when i met allison and i had decided to do music so i left my soccer team and we won the national title that year actually <laughs> no way and that's probably because i left that's yeah. probably why really <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. but i keep in touch with my coach and some of my teammates still but that's the day i met allison and we met and married in less than a year wow. i started what is now Citizen Way, a year and a half or so after we got married. I just, I kept on it. I, I I had to do music and ministry. And it wasn't just music for music's sake. I was never interested in that. I always wanted to use it for a purpose. I was always very like laser beam. You know? And so for me, it was very easy to continue to have that dream. What was hard is being able to do it hmm. with a family, with all the things that come at you, especially when you're in ministry, I mean, you're basically just a target. You know, if you're really lifting up the name of actually saying the name of Jesus and knowing God's word, sharing it from stage, you're just a big target, big old fat target. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. People mm-hmm. or the enemy, which really he is he, behind people who do that. It's so much easier to do mainstream. It's a lot more money. It's a lot easier. It, it just is all the way around. Uh, but I could not, I mean, we used to do a couple gigs, we'd play some bars and stuff. I'm like, it was fun. I just, it, there was nothing that excited me about that. I was always like, what's our purpose? Why are we doing this? What is, I got to stand before the Lord someday. I don't right. want to do it covering you two songs at a bar. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't want to do that. And so for me, it was, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I think it's because my parents prayed for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that's why they wanted to do, you know, that's why they did that. They were very deliberate with that. So for me, being fast forward to now, uh, we chose to go out as a family because I was just so tired of being away from my family. It's just all these things I'm experiencing, and but I, they're at home. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just it's a it's a shame to me. And I, to be frank, I've watched a lot of people who for the sake of ministry, sacrifice their family mm-hmm. and they fall apart. So I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. And, you know, we chose little by little over the years of our marriage to, you know, we're going to, she's going to stay home. I'm going to work. You know, we're going to raise our kids ourselves. We're going to homeschool. We're going to teach them the word ourselves. We're going to, you know, only be in churches that really teach God's word. Right. Uh, start a home church or all the things. And so, to us, it was it was just follow God's word, and everything else comes after that. In our family, we follow the five Fs: our faith in Jesus, family, food, friends, and fun. And then, <laughs> our my career is somewhere under that. I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And it's you know we've seen in the last five years and more just that uh, people in ministry doesn't have to be music, but they we've seen that family unit just completely fall apart. Our marriages fall apart. 
people that have a big platform. And part of it is choices we make and part of it is the enemy. But it's just so neat to hear you guys make that decision of like, you know what, we don't need that worldly stuff anymore. What is God telling us to do and calling us to do? And even though it may seem like a much smaller platform, he is going to use it for his glory and the example that you guys are uh, to bring in your kids. Like I saw two of your older daughters actually learning from you and singing uh, with you. And we can talk about that a little bit more later. But I just had tears in my eyes because they were just looking at you, Ben, like, like that's my dad, you know? And they just had so much love and respect for you. And and I could tell like when the three of you, Allison, you weren't singing because you don't sing. You can try to sing today if you want, but <laughs> <laughs> but you were up there speaking and it was just like the sweetest moment where I'm like, this is really special um, and we don't see this very much. So I just applaud you guys for following his call. Okay, mm. Allison. And so you guys met, were you like 19? Or- so I was 22 when I went to college. So I took four years off after high school. Um, I actually came to know the Lord in massage school. Yeah. So I finished high school and my dear friend who hosted the concert at her house that where you and I met, yeah, yeah. Um, she had decided to follow Jesus and I'm just seeing differences in her life and I'm in a rut. Um, but I see this hope, this peace, this joy that she has. And so um, she's making plans to go to Aveda Institute in Minneapolis for aesthetics. And I'm like, you know, I've always been told I'm good at massage. Maybe I'll go, you know, so I'm just making plans. And we decide after a year of working out of high school, we moved to Minneapolis. Well, in massage school, very new agey, you've got crystals, you've got all the things. And uh, I already know Jenny is a believer. She wants to find like a Bible study, you know, and she's my friend. So I, I, I love her. I want good things for her. And we sit down at orientation day, first day of massage school, aesthetic school, and there's one seat left and it's next to me. And someone comes in about 20 minutes late. Well, this lady ends up becoming a huge part of the light bulb turning on for me. She says uh, during our break, I said, oh, so what do you do for fun? And she said, well, I'm going to a Bible study tonight. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yes, we do. And so anyways, fast forward to that evening. She, Jenny was already planting seeds and praying for me. She had scripture all over our apartment. And this girl brings us to a Bible study. And the woman who hosted it said to me, you know, Allison, do you understand what it means to, to, well, she said to be a Christian. And I said, well, you know, just to be good, to do your best and you hope for the best. And, you know, but deep down inside, I'm like, what happens if I die on a bad day? What happens if I die on a day that I lost my temper or I, whatever. So I'm sitting there giving what I think is the right answer. And she said, you need to understand. And she just made it very personal. She said, even if you were the only person ever to have lived, he, Jesus would have died on the cross for you. And I already knew the crucifixion. I saw the movie. I heard the story. And it's just all of a sudden it, he loves me personally. And he did that for me. And, and it just changed everything for me. So now the course of my life is just completely going to go a different direction. I think I'm going, and massage has actually served us well, because I can do that out of our house <laughs> and whatever I want. But four years later, I end up going to a private uh, Bible college. And because I was involved in youth ministry, I was volunteering. And I'm like, man, I really love this. And my brother was working at that college, but it was back home. I'm like, I'll never move back home. God will have to literally 
pick me up and move me there. I end up moving back home and going to this college. And day one, I meet Ben, like first day of school. So, you know, <laughs> it's just all these things. Like I wouldn't have been looking for a Christian college right. if I didn't know Jesus. I wouldn't have been looking for a Christian guy if I didn't know Jesus, you know? So it just changed everything. Um, and I was pretty nerdy. I was not like what she was looking for. Yeah. Oh, he was you're super not, nerdy. You're cool now. You weren't cool back then. <laughs> I don't even think I'm He cool wore now. a fanny pack on our first date. Not to be funny. We were going to a marathon and he's like, well, it's practical. And so we never talked about the fanny pack because we were just nervous around each other. But later I'm like, what was up with that? So so there we are. I'm 22, you know, first day of college for me, freshman year, first day of senior year for Ben. So I'm thinking I'm just going to get my degree and get out of here Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to be, you know, in this, in the area that I had so many horrible memories in. Um, but we stayed there for quite a while. <laughs> we lived on campus for uh, 10, years. We, we got on campus 2004 and we left campus 2015. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We lived in the dorms. We were like dorm parents. We were dorm parents. It was, it was awesome. I, I loved it. I didn't want to leave, but I knew when we lost our son, Jeremiah to a miscarriage, I was just like, man, it, if, if. I just don't want to spend any more time away from home, away from my family than I have to. And I'm going to be in Nashville. I know I'm going to be there. Let's just move there. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a few years. I'd I was ready moved. to move. She loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved where we were. I built this really little wonderful kingdom, the golden era, I always call it, of some of what was going on there at the college. I was recruiting hundreds of kids and it was awesome. It was, it was really, really great. I had achieved everything I'd set out to do and built an arc and we sailed and successfully. It was great. Um, and so moving away from there was hard on me, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And I knew that when we moved, we would not move back. I knew that we got to burn the ships and move forward. And that was hard on me. There was a lot of relationships that were in some ways and not really on my own account. They were just severed. It just, it's how life goes sometimes. And it, it broke my heart. She was like, Woo-hoo! I was ready to go. I said, yeah. I tried to just say, you know, let's go for a year and see what happens. He said, I know if we go, we're not going to we come back. back. So, yep. but we got here <laughs> yep, seven years ago. So we've been married well, 20, 20 years. years in August. Mm-hmm. Praise so. God. And so you have four children. The three. Sense, yes. three we get really? Mm-hmm. Tell us about your kids. They're awesome. <laughs> um, really, if I have the d- choice to hang out with them or friends, it, this wasn't always this way. But if I go away, I want to go with them. Now, we have a three-year-old a toddler. So it's, she's adorable. She's just the cutest. You want to be around her. Um, but she's a toddler. So it's a different kind of energy she requires. Uh, but our teenagers, uh, F- Ava and Savannah, they're 15 and almost 13. They're just at that age where they like to talk and go deep, you know, and they're very, very intelligent and inquisitive. And so sitting with them, it's a lot like sitting with friends. It's like, it's built in community for me. And so I love that. It wasn't always that way though. You know, we had a few years that were pretty rocky and I, and I would say that's because I, Ben has always been a very, just a solid leader in our family. Um, he has, he has been, if, if you're, if you're not watching this on YouTube, he's, he's showing his, <laughs> the I'm guns so are coming out. <laughs> huge. So, he, but he was gone a lot, you know, he was touring. 
So I'm at home and just, I'm not in the word. You know, we, when we, when we had that miscarriage, I trauma set in and I didn't process it. Well, we just, we, we came here. We didn't have any friends or family here. We were just moving to the unknown. I started homeschooling that year. I was definitely dealing with just some sadness and loneliness. And, um, I think that all that mattered at that point was community, which it, it really should have, I really should have been clinging to God's word and I wasn't. And so that sets the tone in the home, especially when I've got girls I'm raising and they're not seeing their mom in the word. And it's not, it's like, we want to talk about it all the time now, you know, in Deuteronomy chapter six, that's just one, I'm just going to read it to you because this is a verse that verses that came to my mind, I would wake up to them and say, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, impress them on your children. This is the part that got me. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. So I think that school can be a distraction. And I know some people aren't going to want to hear that, but we found ourselves, we found ourselves like I'm homeschooling the right way. I've got the workbooks. I've got all of the subjects. I've got all the checklists and we are not in God's word at all. Cause I'm like, you need to know a long a, how to, you know, you need to know your, all of these things that eventually they do learn, but I, we were distracted. And so I'm like, if homeschool could just be us studying God's word, talking about the weird stuff, what does this mean? Um, what does it mean when you read one thing and something else and you're like, wait a second, this seems to contradict. Oh, we have to go back to the original language. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes more sense. You have to dig a little, if something seems wrong about the Bible. It's not the Bible. It's our lack of understanding. Yep. And so I think that for us, it was a shift when I started saying, this is the most important thing I can do as a mom. Mm-hmm. And so the girls see this, um, and you can't pass on what you don't possess. So I wasn't passing things on to the girls um, as far as spiritual growth goes, because that's not where my focus was. It was just more on friendships and relationships and 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 things like the Enneagram, which was introduced <laughs> by, a, by a church we went to. Two thumbs down. It just got us self-focused. And so, so that's all we're talking about. We're talking about whatever we're studying. Mm-hmm. So the shift happened when I was focused on God's word and that we sit around this kitchen table and I tell the girls, I, you know, a quarter of your life, you're under our roof. Let's just say, you know, let's just say 20 years, we have them here, 18 years. I want to make the most of it. I want to have these conversations because they're, we're raising Heidi. Uh, there's a podcast I listen to, and she talks about when we're raising our children, we're really raising our grandchildren. We're raising the parents of our grandchildren. Absolutely. And so I just sit there talking to them about as much as I can. I just, I want to know Ava, our oldest, who's 15, has an apologetics YouTube channel and Instagram, and it's just a passion of hers. So I'll take them to apologetic conferences and apologetics is having a defense for for why you believe what you believe. Um, So, and then we've got our almost 13 year old Savannah who black belt. She's a black belt and she's strong and she is not afraid to ask questions when something doesn't seem right. And so she even challenged her, her Taekwondo uh, teacher about a certain certain thing that didn't 
because it seemed a little off to her. Yeah. And so she was courageous enough to say, Hey, do you, do you believe in this? And yeah. um, do you see, cause you know, is this biblical mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just challenged him as a 12 year old, 11 year old, probably at the time. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, wow. I, that's probably, hopefully I answered your question, but totally. I don't even remember what the question was. This is how <laughs> my brain works. Not gonna lie. That's, that's the best. You're raising them well. And I love that Deuteronomy verse um, because I think, you know, the world can get in the way and we forget about what our first priority should be. Um, mm-hmm. And you shared some of that with me, Allison, when we just met quickly that evening about um, after you lost your son to miscarriage and how hard that was that you were looking, you just went and were like looking for community to fill that instead of the Lord Jesus Christ to fill that and to redeem that and to be in the truth of the word. And so um, it's neat how you were looking for that and it, it didn't fulfill you, but what yeah. did fulfill you was the truth about God. And how did he, I mean, I know loss is so incredibly hard and I I've been through a little bit of that as well, but how do you see now God redeeming that in his faithfulness, like through that loss? Well, I know that I had a lot of fear and anxiety even before I was pregnant with that threat with Jeremiah. Um, I was just nervous and anxious about everything. This was a definite thing that the Lord wanted to, to weed out. And so when we had the miscarriage, I almost lost my own life. So it was severe, you know, so it was, it was a severe situation, but, um, it made me face my, who do I trust? You know, who, who, who's my trust? Am I, um, I just was finding my safety in the wrong places. And so I think that when I, when I went through that and then decided to try again, Mm. That was where the rubber really met the road because here I am going, Lord, I'm, I'm doing this not because you, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you promised me that, that this child will live and I'll be okay. It's not that it's just, I can trust you with whatever the outcome is, you're going to walk with me. And so it was kind of a giving up of, of this false sense of safety and going, you are good and I can trust you regardless of the outcome. And I didn't go into our pregnancy with Liv with this 100% assurance that it would all be okay. But every single night, our daughter Ava would pray that she would live here with us. And we would just pray and rely on him. And there were plenty of scares. Our first ultrasound, there was no heartbeat with Liv, with our fourth. And um, things would happen that made me think, oh my goodness, I'm miscarrying again. I mean, it was just a testing and a testing and a testing of of our faith. And, um, so it really, I guess for me, it broke me. It really just snapped me out of that false sense of safety that I, I think that God isn't just good because good things happen in our lives. He's good regardless. And so it, it just started that switch for me. Um, it was really easy for me to be able to go, well, this is exactly where the Lord wants us because I think at some point you give up so much, you just realize when you surrender, it's so much easier for me. That's the thing I've learned over the last few years. It's like, it's way easier, more fun, more beneficial, peaceful. more peaceful, more of a blessing. All the things that are in God's word. If I just surrender, surrender in some ways, you know, you call it giving up, whatever. 
to the point of where you just go, no, this is not what's going to happen. I remember saying that in the, in uh, the, in the, uh, he knew when they didn't find the heartbeat, no. he was like, uh-uh. he, he just was like, it's, this isn't no, no, this is not I, I, in the doctor's office. Like, well, I think you had another miss. I'm like, no, no, we didn't no. another week. Watch, <laughs> watch what happens. Right. And at some point you just have to go enough with the world. It just, yeah. it doesn't work. It well, doesn't work. The you know, fear that is played into the systems that we are all a part of mm-hmm. makes me so angry. I want to fight. It just, it's because it's so obvious when you read scripture. It's so obvious. It's a frustratingly obvious to watch so many, especially Christians. You can't really always blame non-believers, but Christians who are just like, man, they're just like, they fall over at the slightest wind gust. It's like, well, that's oh, the, and for yeah. me, for me, I'm like, it, we had already been through miscarriage. The story that we have that, that the Lord is writing, I'm like, no, he is going to do an awesome thing here. Just let's run with that. And that's exactly what I had to do because at some point for me, I thought maybe too, it was like, well, what if that doesn't come true? I'm like, then he's going to make something great out of another miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Either way. Yeah, it's a win. So we deal with it. We get stronger or we have a little baby. And that's why we named her Liv yeah. because she did, mm-hmm. you know, and I prayed for her last night. My prayer for her has always been this. And I tell her this all the time. It's like you, uh, we want you to grow up, to love God's word, to love your family and to bring people to life. That's mm-hmm. what, that's mm-hmm. why we named her that, right? Mm-hmm. Bring people. And ultimately we understand that that's because our life is found in Jesus. The way that you like John 14, six, right? But she also like, I take her out every single morning. I'm not on tour anymore, so I can do that. And we go every day to somewhere, usually at least when I'm, you know, most, I would say 90% of the time, Yeah, maybe 95, but we go to the little general store down south of here. We go to coffee and bacon and honey. She is the life, She's of, the the life party. of the party. He's the door greeter. Everybody knows. I mean, who cares people, if I'm there? She is definitely the the uh, creme de la creme. So she and shows. People want to just hand her money. Oh yeah, they just <laughs> hand her cash. Home with cash, and we're like, "What is yep. this?" Yeah. We just were like, "She's so cute. Can we give her money?" Yeah. I'm like, uh, "Yeah, sure." God yeah. is funding your ministry right there. At <laughs> <laughs> hey, some point, you just you you take the weight off your shoulder. I love the scriptures oh, so when they talk about my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right. If he really is our provider, then that either means in all things or it doesn't. And at some point, you just have to adopt one or the other. It's either true or it ain't. And so it takes the weight off of me as a father who is the provider for the family, realizing, you know what? Ultimately, I, I'm i not the provider. I am. But ultimately, God is. He's our Jehovah Jireh. That's right. And interestingly enough, in you know the last chapter of, of our last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, it's uh, chapter three, I believe. Test me, it says, and see that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven that I'll pour it so much blessing you won't have enough room in your storehouses for it. Mm-hmm. And that's not always about money or you know the world. It's about God's provision, mm-hmm. you know, the story that He provides, the reason. You know, I always say if the how is there, if the why is there, the how is easy. So it, you get to the point of where you just you give up, you surrender, and you realize, you know what? I get to be part of the greatest story. And he's writing, and it's not just us suffer, it's the story of scripture, it's all that. But we get to be part of it. My dad would tell me, it's like, son, forget your plans. Ask God what his are and ask to be a part of them. And you will sleep better, you'll be more fulfilled, and you won't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to figure out what to do. 
through your life. And so that's yeah. what I did. And in, in Liv's case, that's what I did. I wrote songs about it. There's a song I wrote called Love Has Won. I didn't finish it until after she was born because I didn't know how to finish it. Mm. And so part of that mm -hmm. was dealing with our friend Kara who died of cancer. And that's part of the song. And then she went home to be with the Lord. That inspired her to not be afraid to have another baby in the first place. And so that when Liv was born, I finished the chorus. It's a song called Love Has Won. And to me, it's it's very obvious of what we need to do. Sometimes you just got to, you know, when, when I would say when Allison woke up to some of the things that were in scripture, it was like light bulb for us as a family. And I'd been praying for those things. And so for me to go out and take, for us to go out and take our family with us yeah. is way cooler than me going out with trying to build my career or whatever. Yeah. I'm just, I, at some point, I just, I don't care. And I, I was going to say this. too, what really, I think it's important to mention this, what, what sh shifted for me too is my view of God's word. I think that for a very long time, I just, it was all about me. What does this have? What does it have to say about me? Right. And then I was like, how, if I could take the focus off myself for a second and make it about his story and him and who he is, it became way more exciting. And yeah. I was like, okay, this is transformational. When I first came to know the Lord, I was so passionate. I'd go to a coffee shop. I had that that I just want to, I'm an evangelist. I want to share my faith. Like hold, so I wouldn't even read my book. I just would hold the cover up. So someone would come and ask me, oh, what's that about? What is the purpose of life? You know, oh, I just happened to be reading. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. And so I did that. Well, and then when we had that trauma hit, I was derailed and trauma is an opportunity for you to be um, vulnerable and not always in the best ways. Um, just again, distracted and derailed is kind of what ended up happening for me. And so, you know, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who walked with me, we met when we first moved here and she kind of saw that um, wounded girl in trauma. And, and, and then she sees kind of where I'm at now. And she's like, this is who I believe you always were. I think that you were wounded and in trauma when we first met you. And so maybe that's why our conversations weren't saturated in God's word. And that wasn't the topic. And, and that, and we were talking about self, 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 and oh, my husband, oh, my kids, you know, and not, and rehashing and rehashing and never making any progress in any area of our lives. Yeah. She was like, I think this is who you were before you came here. And, and, you know, it's funny. I look at my posts from Facebook from those years before it was all scripture. It was all little tiny sermons, you know? And it's like, I see how trauma, it's so, you have to be so careful who you're surrounding yourselves with when you go through trauma, like people, because warm blanket people, we know them, we love them, might not be truth bearers. That's right. You know what I mean? There can be those cozy, warm people and, and you love them, but they might not be telling you what you need to hear and redirecting you towards God's truth. So I just wanted to share that that was another pivotal moment for me. This word, God's word is about him, you know? Mm, yeah. And he loves Amen. us that he speaks to us, yeah. you know, through it. So he speaks to us with us in mind, but it's not just about us. It's not like rules for living so I can apply it to my life. No, yeah. no, no. We could be a part of this story. Yeah. Mm. I love that distinction. God is on the move through Revelations podcast. Thank you for sharing words of encouragement and personal stories of how God has impacted your life through the redemptive stories of our guests. 
there are significant production and editing costs for each episode. So during this season, I'm hoping to build a team of financial supporters. If you feel led to be a part of what God is doing through this podcast, I would be honored and grateful for your partnership. There are two ways you can give financially. The first is through Venmo. Our Venmo username is at the Revelations Podcast, at the Revelations Podcast. You can also go to our website at www.therevelationspodcast.com and hit the contribute button. Thank you so much for your consideration and financially supporting the Revelations Podcast. Because when we are in trauma, it is true. It's really hard to get out of that um, pit, right? I mean, that you're in because it does feel like it's all about you, yes. right? I mean, yep. and the enemy wants us to think that way. Like, like it's really hard to look at the bigger picture of what God is doing uh, for his glory and our good when we're in that like poor me and what's going to happen and the anxiety and the fear and everything that you guys just described is like happening so much right now just in the world mm -hmm. and and it's like and like you said Ben like oh my goodness like even as Christians like we need to wake up we can't fall over if the wind gets stronger because God needs us to be strong for what's ahead Mm -hmm. Um, but yet when you were saying that, Allison, I'm like, he, but he literally never wastes the suffering. Like, it's just such a beautiful picture of who he is, even though we go through really hard and traumatic things. When you find your way and you find the truth tellers in your life and you read the truth of God's word, um, it is the literally only thing that can sustain us. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's so either the bread of life or it ain't. Right. I love I love you, Ben. Just black or white. That's it. It is or it isn't. I mean, think about it this way. You have two options. You can follow the way of life or the way of death. Mm -hmm. Everything, every decision we make, I think every company, every world government, every person has a decision to make that goes to one of those two ends. So at some point, you can boil it down that simply because it, it, I think you have to, uh, to understand what to do. I mean, that I think that's part of where wisdom comes into play. Mm -hmm. Does this lead me to life or does it lead me to death? Mm -hmm. If it leads me to death, then don't do it. <laughs> Amen. That's right. You know, the like, little... Quit worrying about what people think or what your social media scores. Who cares? <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I oh, just, you're so just one last thought on that because he's he's touching on this as, as far as wise counsel. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I shared this at that home concert, is that our our oldest was going through a pretty difficult time and I just was seeking out it was um Christian counseling, yet the whole time she was talking about herself and it, and her Enneagram number. And so she'd come home and she was like, mom, you know, I just, I want to be this one because this is the good number. And I'm, I'm being told that I'm this one and this is the bad number. And here I am going, what am I doing? Yeah, like right. I'm seeing totally. worldly counsel. It's totally. even just how they, you know, kind of side note, this was a light bulb moment. I was reading in scripture about settling disputes outside of court because you've got worldly judges. Now these counselors were believers, but I think that there's a deception in the church right now that really does try. It's that self-focus, self-help. It's like, you can't be the solution if you're the problem, right? right. And so they were kind of further perpetuating that, that, so that self-focus. Yeah. So 
Um, when it again, when it comes to counseling, we don't poo-poo counseling. We think that there's a his dad's a counselor and he's amazing. Yeah. When he actually addresses problems, doesn't just listen. He actually says, "Okay, can it? You're here, so you want help? And here's some sin issues. Here's some bondage. Here's things we need to pray over. Here's what God's word has to say about it. It's not just like, okay, wonderful. We'll see you next week. You know." And, Biblical um, counseling is biblical counseling. So I just wanted to mention that because that is a huge part of my daughter's story is it was once we shifted it to God's word, which took a little, little while for her to get excited about. She started, and when she started work reading the book of James, she was hooked. She's like, I love this. This is so amazing. Like I actually feel lighter in my spirit. Mm. Um, and it's about God. And, and so anyways, we, we saw a shift in her when, she shifted her focus off from herself. So, mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for saying that because I, yes, there are so many stories like that right now um, of people in my life. And we're just like, okay, biblical counseling, it's really hard to come by. It's really hard to find a good counselor. And I think for our listeners to just know, like, just because there's someone that's a Christian counselor doesn't mean that they are you know, really following the word of God and not still got one foot in the world of what they think they should be doing. So I love that. And just to be, I mean, I'm, I've been praying that God would raise up more spiritually sound and wise biblical counselors uh, for people that have been in trauma and, you know, all the things, because there's so much trauma right now. There's so much brokenness. And what we're seeing uh, even in the church is the church doesn't know how to address it. And mm -hmm. people are, aren't living free. Right, right. They're really right. not. And you guys yeah. seem like you kind of like broke out of that, you know, by God's mercy and grace. But also like, no, this is the word. This is this is what we have. And this is what we live by. And this is how we are healed. Um, so love feels that. Like, yeah. yeah, we do too. And we're grateful. It feels like you you can either address the symptoms or you can address the cause. Mm -hmm. And I think most of uh, whatever the this you know in my world christian music worship music sunday morning in general you know the seven step to a better you i mean okay i guess it has some merit but if it's not founded in god's word it's just like god's word says it's not gonna last i mean think about how many self-help books are out there yeah they need to keep making them because it's not sticking it's not changing people it's not transforming people but so they need to write up Exactly. And I think more importantly, what is, why is that? I think in my opinion, our, it's our opinion, we are in the church of Laodicea age. It's the last church age, right? It's very wealthy. It's very powerful and it's very influential. And yet it's a mile wide and an inch deep. And so you have a lot of, in my opinion, baby Christians, you know, running the ship being tossed around by the waves. Yes. And so and people who are new believers or pre-believers who are, are desperate for the truth, especially in this day, they're getting it from little snippets of God's word, but mostly just their bandages, mm -hmm. you know, it, they're still bleeding to death. If you don't go to God's word, you cannot possibly get to the root cause. There's no way to do it. Our human nature being a sin nature is it's impossible to undo that or mm -hmm. to directly get to that um cure you you can't do it you just can't do it either in the bible talks about that it's amazing how it says there is no other way to do that mm -hmm. and so at some point we either are addressing the bandages um 
or we're trying to find the root cause. And you know, the deception that comes along with that kind of stuff is rampant. Because again, if people don't know God's word, they're just going to get onto the next thing and the mm -hmm. next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's this cycle that you never get off of. And unfortunately, that is a lot of American Christianity. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the world, but I'm speaking because I know America. It's where I have been. That's where I've toured. I've played in thousands of churches. And there's a lot of wonderful education that comes from that. And I've noticed that really godly people are very calm and at peace because they know God's word mm -hmm. and they've been faithful to stay to it and stick to it for a long time, or at least for a part portion of their life where they know the difference between before and after. Mm -hmm. And they usually aren't famous. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And they don't need to, they're famous in God's yeah. eyes, right? That's, That's it. Right. Yeah, there's something that comes along with that, that it can be very destructive. In my opinion, fame is the most addictive drug I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, and it will get to you even if you're a believer, even if you're a pastor, even yes. if you're a Christian artist, even if you're whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I think the enemy uses, and people are attracted to that, and so they want that. They often look to people on stage or in the pulpit as their savior, and so if they write a book or if they do that, they get distracted into oh they know the answer when really they're getting it from God's word. Just go to the source. Mm -hmm. mm, that's good. Yeah, I love how you're talking about the root cause uh, that's going to be our next series. We're going to talk some about the spiritual roots of a disease from a biblical perspective mm. um, of some diseases. But it, I think that's very, very true. And I know, Ben, when you were um, singing and kind of sharing your story at that home that night when I met you, you were, you were talking about the spiritual realm and you were like, guys, this is real. Like things that have happened to you in the past when you were sharing God's word and when you were on the front lines. And um, and I think that's part of like wanting the scales to fall off. Some some people and some Christians that are like not quite believing that like we are spiritual people in a physical body and there's a whole nother battle going on around us. And can you share some of the things that you've learned? Sure. I think there's, first of all, an important distinction to make. You can be a Christian and not know God's word. You can be a Christian and really not follow Jesus. There's a very distinct difference between following Jesus and being a Sunday morning cultural Christian, in my opinion, right? Because the, the term Christian by cultural definition can mean a lot of things. And so, that being said, it is important to understand that when, uh, for instance, when we got signed, right, I loved God's word, I always have, I was very attracted to it at a young age, attracted to, I just love that. My dad loved it. My mom loves it. I love it too. It's great. I saw how well it did for me. Uh, quick story, my youth pastor in seventh grade challenged me to not have a girlfriend for a year and read God's word every day. Didn't matter what I read or how much I read, I had to read something of God's word every day. Totally changed my life. And I did it for seven years until I met Allison. I'm using that on my son. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. You know, so I knew the difference between before and after when it comes to studying God's word, right? Um, and it's exciting to me. So when you study it at a level that is not just your, you know, good rules for living, you know, the reader's digest version, which is, you know, frankly, most of what we can do on Sunday morning. You only get an hour or so. There's not a whole lot you can do in that time. That's why personal small group Bible study is the creme de la creme. You have to be in a Bible study with people who know more than you do at, to be able to study this stuff because you can't just do it on Sunday morning. So um, 
for me, it was, I had always been doing that. But when we got to the point of when we're on a national platform and a little bit of notoriety and, you know, on the radio and you're touring and all that kind of stuff, and people are listening to and exalting you as a quote unquote, you know, celebrity savior, or whatever, because that's just what they do. That's what, you know, and good leaders know that and use it for good. Some don't. Well, I tried to use it for good, but I would say the name of Jesus from stage. There's a difference between saying God, Lord, grace, person. There's a difference. That old song, there's just something about that name, right? It's true. It really divides people. It either makes people very uncomfortable or draws them. One of the two options, right? And so I, it was about that time when I was really dealing with some very terrifying nightmares. Okay. And it was spiritual warfare. Now I dealt with spiritual warfare before my dad showed me how to do it. It's not, you know, the power of Christ compels you. It's none of that stuff, right? It is, it's very simple. If you are in sin and it's unconfessed, you are giving the enemy a foothold. The That's Bible right. says, right? If you confess it, bring it to light. He has no legal right spiritually to be there, but you have to confess it you have to ask for forgiveness and cleanse, be cleansed from all unrighteousness. The Bible says, right? Well, I'm like, I've done that, but this is still coming at me. And in my dreams, with my waking eyes, I would see shadowy figures over our bed in our when we were married. And, uh, you know, maybe in another podcast, but some other very uncomfortable, especially for Christians these days, things that are in the world and being talked about, we just never talk about them on Sunday morning, mm -hmm. that were happening to me. And I'm like, I can't make sense of this stuff in scripture. This is, this is terrifying me. Well, I talked to my dad uh, and I, I would be at the point where I couldn't actually say the name of Jesus, either in my dreams or even when I was waking up. I'd be waking up in a cold sweat, turning the house lights on and praying. I can see these figures in my head. I can see them snarling at me. And they would they would choke me to where I wouldn't, couldn't rebuke the name of Jesus, couldn't call the name, because they know if they do that, they're done, right? That's spiritual warfare, mm -hmm. right? Part of it. And I think it was because I had entered into full-time public ministry. And when I told my dad, who's been doing this for a long time, he's like, oh, well, welcome to ministry, son. <laughs> you know, it's like par for the course. You know, he'd been there, done that. And he says, you have to go to God's word. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand what this is and how to deal with it. Hmm. Right? Ephesians 6 is a great place to start. Yeah. Spiritual order, right? And the only weapon we have is the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and that's, his name is Jesus, which is why they were trying to get me not to say his name. Well, when I realized that, I, I'd known that, but I, the Lord led me back to Genesis chapter 6, and I'll let your readers take it from there. But it's very important to understand the first 11 chapters of Genesis to understand what the heck is going on in our world right now. Not just politically, I'm talking about supernaturally and why the Pope thinks we're going to be saved by other things okay it's real they believe this they have it written down and they have for years it's important as believers to understand this stuff because it's coming against us in every way hollywood does it our government does it and it's going to come to your front doorstep whether you want it or not mm -hmm. if you get to the point of where you don't know what to do you have to understand that it's a spiritual war and it can only be addressed by spiritual powers which is exactly what Ephesians 6 says. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers. Those are ranks of hierarchies in the angelic world, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. When you realize what God's word says, not just in the nice English way, but in its original language, it gives you the power to address those things in Jesus' name. When I figured out what I was afraid of and that it was a spiritual war, 
my fear was gone like that, mm. like, like a light bulb gone. And it was amazing. And it was just like a rocket ship for me to want to study more of God's word. Mm -hmm. The uncomfortable things about God's word, like Genesis 6. Right. Why in the book of Jude is Michael wrestling with Lucifer over the body of Moses, of which by Moses was buried by God at the end of Exodus. And nobody knows to this day where he's buried. Why? Mm -hmm. Seems pretty interesting, but we barely address these things on Sunday morning and kids are bored. They're bored out of their gourds. They don't, it's like, what are they going to do? Go into another service and sing the same song again and talk about grace and peace and love and mercy. And yes. Which are all course, important. All important things. <laughs> Allison's like, wait a minute. But they're more interested in stranger <laughs> things and Harry Potter and whatever the next right. thing. But right. you can address those things through God's word. Right. And I found when you do that, because I was always interested in that. I love the Lord. I study it like a nerd because there's something behind it that is spiritually anchored in God's word. And that, because it set me free and it sets others free, was what propelled me to really love God's word even more. And it's not like I was a, not a Christian and then this happens. I was a card-carrying follower of Jesus, publicly speaking, and this still woke me up. And then my wife and our kids did too. And so it was, and to be frank, it was quite lonely for a while because you end up losing friends when you adopt the fact that scripture from cover to cover is not only God breathed, but it's supernatural. And without a biblically supernatural worldview, you can't understand it, but you realize not everybody has that. And the business of church on Sunday morning, frankly, for the most part, doesn't want to deal with it because it's uncomfortable and people stop coming and putting money in the plates. And so you get to the point of where I can't really adopt the system anymore. And you have to find other means to, you know, even friends. And so for me, that's, was but it was awesome and i wouldn't trade it because i i know exactly why i wake up and what i'm doing it's not like i'm wondering what i should do with my time in my life it's always been the same thing but now i know and i think to me i had faith like a child my parents prayed for it even when i didn't know what to do i knew that i was supposed to keep doing this and i think that's one of the things that's wonderful about god's word is he will be faithful to help you figure that stuff out yeah. Amen. I'm thinking of that verse, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And and it's cool how, because when we start talking about Genesis 6, we start talking about giants and Nephilim and like all the things that are like, oh, it's a mystery. And it's like, it's freaky and I don't want to know about it. And there's still not. And it's like, well, then why does the Bible literally say, and there still are? It's not scary. It's understanding that ancient you know, pre-flood world. It's understanding why we're in this position now. It's understanding that the King of Kings is coming back and he is more powerful than any of this. And I love how once you understood that it was a spiritual war and exactly what was happening, that's what set you free, not like crawling in a hole and putting the covers under over your head because you were scared that those beings were going to come back into your room. It was like, yeah. no, I know now and I have authority and victory over that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been wonderful. I'm hosting a, a big uh, conference uh, with some of those people in that Talks world. about the weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, Blurry Creatures is a, uh, some friends of ours. It's a podcast. But that kind of stuff was, to be frank, if you're bored with God's word, man, study this stuff. You can't be bored with it. That's right. It's super interesting. And every culture for thousands of years has talked about it. Yeah. But Christians seem to just avoid those things. 
What is interesting too is like most across the board, most people in the family of God would say, yeah, I believe that, you know, Jesus was born of a virgin. I mean, how supernatural and crazy is that? I believe the talking donkey. Oh yeah, I believe it. It's like all these weird things, but then when you start to look at Genesis six, it's like, well, no, right. Well, and here, let's be honest. There are people who we're going to talk about this in heaven, right? It's not necessarily a redemption issue because the redemption is in Jesus following him. And but it could lead to somebody being. It could lead to somebody else as we talk about this. It could lead to someone else's redemption. However, Mm -hmm. these are conversations that I know people who very mature believers. I respect them. I. I study their, you know, things that they put out there that they point to that differ from, from our interpretation of that. But what he's trying mm-hmm. to say is this isn't just the dusty old boring book. Um, there's just scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about some, some crazy supernatural stuff, but we've just only highlighted certain ones that were like, okay, we can, we're yeah. all comfortable accepting this, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but we don't want to look at you know, the size of different king's beds that are laid <laughs> out in scripture. Uh, king Bashan's bed was massive. And um, there's just story after story like that. And it's like, oh, we just, I don't understand that. So yeah, it's like, why, why do we sweep it on the right? And the, here's the interesting if you start them young on this stuff, it's not scary when they're older. Right. They don't have to change their entire paradigm to adopt the simplest of things that are already in scripture. And if you don't address it when they're young, they're still spiritual beings. Like they're spiritual people who want to know spiritual things. Yes. Absolutely. So that's why a lot go to the new age. That's why a lot, yes. because, or, you know, talk about stranger things is huge where we are right now. I mean, at least it was a year or two ago that it's a show supernatural show that a lot of kids are watching yeah. and love it yet. It's, it's not giving them biblical answers. It's, it's, it's just a whole other, but it's interestingly referring to biblical themes. Hmm. So therefore, if that it begs the question, why? Because, if, for instance, why is Steven Spielberg in Indiana Jones having the Nazis look around the world for supernatural things like the Ark of the Covenant and the Spirit of Destiny? I know it. Because they actually did that. <laughs> that's a true story. Now he's putting it in Hollywood. And, but people are like, well, that's just how, no, it's not Hollywood. They're getting it from somewhere because that's it appears right. to the nature of man. I mean, think of Ecclesiastes. God said eternity in our hearts. We want to know this stuff. It's like way cool and interesting and it's in the Bible. And so that is very hard to do from stage. It's very difficult to do in a Sunday morning setting. If you don't have a, first of all, pastor that not, not only knows, but is willing to sacrifice a lot to to talk about these things, right? And that you know, I guess is the argument: is Sunday morning the place? Well, if Sunday morning is not the place, then what is? If we're going to church to study God's word, or maybe we're not, which is why I believe we're in the Church of Laodicea. It's the last one. You know, we're more interested in the bottom line, or the next emotional high, or the next song, or whatever. To me, knowing how the soup's made behind the scenes in the music business, it's impossible for me to be able to go back and just forget all that, all the stuff I know about how that works. I'm way more interested in allowing the Lord or just being a part of what he's doing. And it's all here in scripture. And for, the, the fun part is it's it's like the movies we watched as a kid wishing it was true. And it right. kind of is. <laughs> you said that at, yeah. at the concert and I was like, oh. 
I, I, okay, these people get me. Like, this is exactly the stuff that I'm watching. And I've been watching for five years and everyone thought I was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because I was like, you guys, this is happening. Look at look at this movie. Like, look at, this is biblical. Where are they getting this? Why are they f- doing this now? The timing and anyways, it's great that um, people like you are bringing this forth and speaking truth where he's calling you to. And when you put that, when you were talking about teaching children when they're young. I grew up in a non-Christian home and I had an encounter uh, with uh, spiritual warfare, you know, at a very young age. And it scared me to death because I had no idea what was happening and I had nobody to speak truth into me and share with me um, you know, that there is a spiritual aspect. I think I really did know in my heart because God had put that in my heart. And I, I used to pray as a child and I don't even know how. It was just like the Lord revealed himself to me in some way. But then I I would have these encounters and I would be just really, really scared. And so as we start to read the word with our children and share with them, you know, the truth of the battle that we are in, it 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 would have been so much more helpful for me to understand that and to know how to battle it than just to, to be scared. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, to that point about, I've heard people say this, so I can't quote any one person, but you're, when it comes to children and raising them in in the admonition, knowing God's word, um, someone is discipling your child. Who is it? Everyone's being discipled, you know, to to use that term probably loosely, but it's who- raising them. yeah, Yeah. And so- so it, there was an opportunity there when you were going through what you were going through and you were navigating in some way or another. I mean, to have to navigate something that scary, I don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. without the Holy Spirit, without God's word, without yeah, parents. I mean, that's, that's, but I can see how the Lord's also used that for his glory. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who are, who are desperate for your testimony, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I try to give it all the time, but it's funny how he continues to peel the layers off, right? And he's like, and when we're ready, like, okay, and then this happened, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, that was real. And um, and I think, you know, even a couple years ago when I would share some of these stories that may sound scary, but aren't, it's just the reality of what we live in. People kind of shut down if they're not ready because they're like, eh, I don't really want to hear that. Or yes, I've seen demonic manifestations in my own home, but we're fine. Like Jesus is, we're gonna, he's going to do this. <laughs> like, well, yes, he is. But I mean, he wants to use us to uh, defeat that. He's given us authority. And so um, anyway, I just really appreciate, you know, talking to you guys and, and seeing how you have navigated all of this. And if our listeners, if you haven't, when uh, Ben was talking about some of his friends, if you haven't looked up the Blurry Creatures podcast and you want to just kind of see what they're talking about, it is intense, but it will, if you start at the beginning, it will open your eyes to um, some of that supernatural world and what's been happening forever that we just really haven't been talking about recently. And then also, um, you have a friend named Tim Alberino who I've watched some of his YouTube videos on birthright, and that has been really, really eye-opening for me and my husband's walk to understand kind of that ancient world and um, how we got to where we are now. So it's it's wild. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, Tim is awesome. He's a very good, very He's smart, very intelligent man. Uh, just texted with him a couple of days ago. We're bringing him out here for this Blur Con that we're doing, Blurred Creatures. 
And uh, so I, I, one thing I will say, though, it's intense when you start in general for somebody starting on studying this stuff. It's intense for a time. Mm-hmm. But you you grow into it. You get just like anything. You have to build muscle for sports. You have to build up bigger shoulders of the onslaught of you know critique. You get, get stronger. It doesn't change the message. It doesn't change what the truth is, the history. But you get stronger to deal with it. That's good. That's the difference that I noticed over the years because it was heavy. It was like drinking from a fire hose. Right. It was exciting and scary at the same time. You Can know? I, I'm gonna, just going to interject for a second because, you know, it's important to know God's word so that when you're listening to some of this stuff, you can chew the meat, spit out the bones because there, there will be something that I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> you know, we'll have conversations. And so like anything, this is someone's... Um, maybe experience or story or whatever, but it's got to line up with God's word. Yep. Too. Sure. Mm-hmm. There will be certain things where we're like, I don't know about that. And it's important that you do that, that you don't just believe everything that you hear. Right. So, that but there's is. a lot of good stuff there for sure. And it's just refreshing. I think to find a community of people when he was on the road, people were like, you believe that? Like they would look at yeah, him like, he had, was nuts. like he had five heads. And, well, and some of them now are talking about this. Yeah, some of them are like, welcome well, to the club, bud. You know? Right. So <laughs> nice this is, to have you. Yeah. It's just, you know, to be able to find other people who aren't afraid to talk yeah. about it, even though it's right. weird. But how weird is the Bible in the best way? How if weird? you read it, it is. Like, it's just, you know. In a good way. Yeah. It, it, Acts 17, 11, I think is the perfect verse for this. It, the Bereans were of no, more noble character, studying the words daily, the word, right? Scripture to see if what Paul was telling them was true. So at some point, you have to go for yourself to the source, study it through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, who is our mm-hmm. great teacher, right? Jesus will be, but for now, it's the Holy Spirit. So you get to the point of where it's good to dialogue and address these things. You don't have to knock each other out about it, mm-hmm. but, you know, wrestle with it. There, there's, there's some things that just, they won't make sense on this side of heaven, but a lot of people, I think, are just lazy Christians. They're just lazy. They don't read the word. They don't know any better. And so they get, they're like a fart in the wind. They just go everywhere. You know, any, well, think about it too, but how many people, well, it's, it's true. You get to the point of where you just, it, you have to, if you don't know God's word, you just get like the Bible said, tossed around like a wave on the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so it, to me, I was tired of being tossed around by whatever. But I, I knew that the source was here. And our 15 year old, a couple nights ago, we were all in a room talking and she said, you know, how'd she say it? If God's not, if God isn't speaking to you, oh yeah, he has spoken to you through his word. So who's yeah. really absent in that relationship? Like if you're sitting there going, good. he's not speaking to me, he's not speaking to me. You know, she just, you know, brought that up. Like he has spoken yeah. to you yes. in his word. So who's absent here? Maybe yeah. you're not reading what he's already told you. Because right. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just not hearing from him. I'm not hearing from him. Right. Well, like open your Bible. You'll hear from him. You yeah, know? it's likely not going to be written out in the clouds in the sky. But oddly enough, I've met many Christians who still kind of adopt that mentality. It just, and that's not to say we don't get, I mean, there's been when I was pregnant with Liv, yes. very, very like not a word I really ever say or use, but I woke up in the night and remember I had anxiety and some fear. I was doing something scared. I was like, here I go. I'm doing this. I don't know the outcome, but I'm going to do it and trust God anyway. 
And in the night, I just woke up to Shalom. Like mm. I just kind of heard Shalom. Yeah. Now, I don't have a whole lot of stories like that, but that would be maybe what people are craving is hearing more of that sort of thing, which I think is awesome. Um, but I'm one who's like, it, it, it's it's mostly God's word where I hear from him, but I absolutely have had experiences and times where I was like, that was just, that was his voice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Putting peace in, you know. Call them Ebenezer's. You know, yeah. there's stones in your life where and you have, usually there's just a few of them where you're like, I know that I know that I know that that was a thing directly right. from the Lord for me in that moment. That does That's happen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely always holding everything against scripture, Allison. So thank you for saying that. And so for you guys as a couple now with your family and what you're doing now, how do you fight the daily battles of life on a daily basis? Like reading the word together, you know, praying Ephesians 6. What what just practically can you tell us? I think that's key word, together. Together, yeah. Um trying to be less distracted so that we're available. Like yeah. I'm distracted in my home, you know, it's just, I got to sweep. I got to wipe down the counter. I got to make, there's so many little things that just like, you know, all day. I do. But like, if one of my kids wants to talk about something that is deep and spiritual, I'm like, okay, you've got my attention. It's very hard for me to not want to engage that. But there, so I think um, less distractions. There's things that are good for our kids and for our family, but if they're distractions that take us away from, then it, it's, I think it's just got to go. Yeah. So there's we can really busy ourselves. That's why we homeschooled our kids. Is they'd leave at eight, they'd come home at four, they'd have homework, we'd have dinner, then they'd have to go to their evening activity. I'm like, there's literally no space for discipling our children. None. At least, know, yeah, at least the way we see it. Now. At least the way it was. So we're like, this is it. We need more time and we're not getting this time back. My mom even said to me last night, if I was raising you nowadays, I would have, I would homeschool you. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I'm seeing the shift. And so, yeah, just d- what has to go, even if it's good, it might have to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. A good versus great. Yeah. There's a lot of good, but only a few great things. Yeah. They're hard to do, but mm-hmm. they're worth it. Yeah. I think, yeah, the less is more approach is, is helpful. You know, some routines too, but. Routine is good, but also less allows for more opportunity for the yeah. things that really matter. It, there's can be a pitfall with less to do. You can get a little <laughs> lazy and idle, but um, I also think that there's more opportunity. I think one of the most, the cornerstones of our daily life is having our girls see, particularly the mother, and they see me, they have it for sure in the past too, but seeing her mom their mom read the word in the living room i I think that takes a lot of the pressure off because you know i i liken it to ministry we got to do more and more and more more ministry more ministry more well you're gonna burn out Mm -hmm. i just think if i'm reading it and he's reading it it's you pass on what you possess you can't not talk about it so You've got it in there and I always got to get it out. (laughs) So they're hearing us talk about it because it's in there. When it's not in there, they hear more of my grumbling and his grumbling and our, you know, whatever. Whatever. So it's, it really is. What are you putting in? Cause it's just going to come out. And so, um, I think going on tour has been great too. You know, a focus laser beam of here's what we're doing now. And then, so that's up to, I, yeah, those are really good things, but I, for, I would say for us, the most important thing is seeing 
mom and dad engage in God's word together. Mm-hmm. Mostly for us, it's talking. And a lot of it, most of it is talking with them. Yeah, they hear us talking about it. Yeah, and know. everything else just is kind of like, you know, we'll get there. <laughs> Don't worry about <laughs> it. Give us a break. You know, you got to give yourself a break. I know I do. But at some point, you just can't do everything. So you got to pick and choose the things that matter. Yeah, I love that. I have one more question for you. So what advice would you give our listeners now who just need the courage to take that leap of faith kind of out of the world, in, whether it be with their job, which, which you guys just kind of did, or digging into the scriptures in a way maybe they never have before Genesis 6 doing research, um, but really taking that leap of faith into what God is calling them to because of his great love for them? Um, it's For me, it's pretty simple. I try to keep it to the Vince Lombardi approach like my dad did. Gentlemen, this is a football, right? <laughs> and you win, you know, the Packers won lots of championships. If you stick to this, the basics, for us, you know, uh, one of our artists at the record label that I run, um, his motto is faith, family, and freedom, right? You can put a lot into those three categories. Faith in what? For us, it's our faith in Jesus, not in anything else, okay? Your family, right? And freedom, what kind of freedom? Mm-hmm. kind of family like you stick to the simple things and you often find that you're for me and my stress just was a lot less when and i would say too it's been really significant for us to give to god's work to and, or of our tithes and our offerings of our actual practical money every time we come up to a big financial decision we choose to give more and hold it at that threshold and the lord just works it out Every single time. So if if that's one of the things that I often tell people who are just stagnant or just bored, man, test the Lord. It's the only time He says it in on all of Scripture, right? Is to when it comes to Him as Jehovah Jireh, a provider, as a father. And for a lot of people who don't grow up with fathers, it's hard for them to understand. Well, this is their opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Um, my dad did that for me, and I'm going to do that for my kids. Our faith in Jesus, our family, and our freedom. That yeah. you know, and I think for our country too. You know, and I know it's not going to last. It's not going to be the new heaven and the new earth, but it's a good representation of what will come. Yeah. So fight for something. Find something worth fighting for, and that'll bring you a lot of life. And I think about legacy and inheritance and. So I kind of operate with the end in mind, you know, I think there you hear stories upon stories of people on their deathbed that just were like, I wish I spent more time with my family, yeah. or I wish I invested in my family and in my faith. And um, so where is your investment, like return on your investment? I know it's like a business term, but it's like, what better invest place to invest than your own flesh and blood, you know, and the legacy that you're going to leave. And so, you know, his, his dad, even that's my mom. They're big on legacy and they invest in our girls from, you know, they're in Wisconsin and we're in Tennessee and they meet every Friday morning on, on FaceTime and do a Bible study and they're leaving a legacy. And so, although we can be so distracted by keeping up with the Joneses or, you know, power uh, influence, all of that can be so addictive and alluring. And so getting up the ladder in your job or whatever area you feel that you're in, um, 
what does it leave you in the end in your kids? If you get to the high and Ben can tell you, you can get right. to where you always wanted to go. I mean, as a, his, his goal was to have, you know, to be in CCM, you know, contemporary Christian music, maybe have a song on the radio. Well, I'm telling you, he had all that. And he's like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the, he never stopped and like celebrated and was rejoiced in it. It was kind of like, all right, what it is insatiable. You can yep. never fill that tank of like fame and you or somebody around you asking you to do it yeah it's just never even ending. if you can figure it out it, i watched him i'm can. like he has everything he's ever wanted and he's so sad and depressed and he's depressed and he's so tired. tired and so worn down and discouraged and he's just because what happens is you start competing with all the people in your field and you look at where they're at and then it's too hard to Never hear ends. you just you can't celebrate or be joyful for anything because you can yeah i just was not he was not figure it out. yeah and so it doesn't mean don't chase your dreams what i'm saying is i didn't do it the right way for a long time and so it's not like you're not like totally protected if it's even in ministry because there's that allure of i got to grow my how many people do i have in my church it just never ends what is enough and so for us that's why even the daddy's home tour it's plenty if it's just the five of us together on the road sharing god's word and three people show up or just one i mean we're just like (laughs) experience and what it's doing for our kids and our family that's the entire point that's the return on the investment right there so we can like never lose in that sense and so at the end of the day we we do feel accomplished so to speak because our our focus and our goal we were we did it you know yeah um but yeah it's so whatever you're doing and whatever the decision that you have to make to step out um, what will be the return on your investment? Is it in your family? Because if not, I would say you're probably going to have regrets at one sooner rather than later yeah. that that wasn't your first priority is faith and family. She told me a long time ago, you never regret time with your family. Mm-hmm. Even if it's frustrating and, and Christmas hard. ends up in broken plates on the wall. <laughs> well, we haven't had that, but uh, yeah. we'll have that. Yeah. At some point, like, okay, well, it's just what family you figured out. Yeah. You know, my sister said it to us one day, family, friends are flowers, family are trees. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. Well, she was talking to our daughter about friends. She's yeah. like, some are flowers, some are trees, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But typically family is trees. They're, they have deep roots yeah. and they're hard to knock down. Yeah. That's good. That's good. How, um, so the daddy's home tour you guys are doing right now, how do people find you? I know you go to different churches um homes. Mm-hmm. what how can they find you just email me easy ben at ben calhoun.com you work with me directly yeah i'll have those in the show notes so people can find you and then cool. you guys and then uh your, all your songs are on spotify for citizen way right yeah so i'm doing plenty of new citizen way albums, and i have a special interest in uh scripture memory verses for citizen way using our platform that we have plenty of radio and old albums and stuff like that but i'm working heavily on scripture memory for families so if there's a donor out there I, we really do need donors to help us do this uh, the misconception is you're on the radio you're a millionaire you live in a mansion it's just not the truth in ministry especially so i started what's called generosity rocks it's a non-profit tax deductible tax deductible fundraising platform uh for musicians and ministry to raise funds for what they're doing and so uh, we have about 20 artists that we serve. We've been around for five years now. And that's how we make music. So if people want to sponsor a new song by Citizen Way, which is CCM driven, I'm not giving up on that at all. It's just I'm, I'm, 
very directly focused on God's word, always have been. But now I'm on my own. I'm not under a label. I don't have a booking agent. You work with me directly. If you'd like to actually come to Nashville or help me sponsor a song, you can sponsor us gener- um, monthly at generositydrocks.com slash citizenway or generositydrocks.com slash the Calhoun family. You can sponsor us to come to your house. Uh, we don't charge up front right now for what our our uh, concerts are doing. We ask people to give to us monthly and then we do a free offering in some merch. Uh, but the other big thing is I'm actually working on the mainstream side of this as well. Just me as an artist, as Ben Calhoun. So I have a song out called Daddy's Home that I uh, I just have to do the music video for. And I got my camera a couple days ago for it. Um, and then I have a song called Good Man that I'm putting out as well as a song that's also a kid's book called Savannah's Pajamas. And all of that will be under the Ben Calhoun thing. Citizen Way still going strong and um, scripture memory verse and God's word and, and Christian radio and Caleb, all that kind of still doing that. But this is another venture for me to do outside of CCM, outside of Sunday morning, for me to do songs that you just can't do in Christian music. And so I'm able to do both and I really enjoy it. And you can have us do all of those songs if you bring us to your living room or church by emailing Ben at Ben Calhoun. <laughs> I heard all those songs. They were beautiful. I'm like, I want I want that music right now. So um, I I really appreciate you guys and am so thankful that you could be on. And I will put all that information in the show notes if people want to contact you or, or find a Generosity Rocks. And I would just love to pray for your ministry before we go. Is that okay? Sure. Thank you. Father God, I am just so thankful for um, Allison and Ben and their beautiful children, Lord Ava, Savannah, and Liv. God, I'm so thankful for what you're doing in their family that you have uh, pulled them together, Lord, and united them in Jesus Christ for your great purposes and for your glory, Lord. And as the enemy is trying to dismantle the family unit, I thank you that you are uh, building their foundation on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, that this family is knit together, Lord, so strongly because of your word, that they read together, um, that they continue to look for truth uh, that you are trying to share with them, Lord, so they can uh, help other people understand what is going on in the world, Lord, and give them the peace that surpasses all understanding through Jesus Christ. And Father, if there is a listener right now that doesn't know you and that is wondering about all these things that we were talking about, Lord, I, I pray, Father, that they would get a Bible, that that you would speak to them through their, your Holy Spirit, Father, and that they would surrender their lives to you, Lord, that they would know that you are the one true God, uh, that you are Yahweh, that you have died for their sins and took the punishment upon yourself uh, for the sins that we all have, God, so that they could live in freedom and that they turn towards you uh, and walk with you the rest of the days of their life, Lord. So bless the Calhoun family. I pray for you to be their Jehovah Jireh and physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, financially provide for all their needs and bless them indeed today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.